0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. Looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Let's go. We are back, finally. You can hear the energy and excitement in my voice. We are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. I am back from the COVID list, so to speak. I was cooped up in a room... For eight days, no human contact. And now, Mitch, you're stuck with me here. You said, oh, 45 minutes, maybe. No, no, no. There's no way this is under four hours tonight. Yeah. Tonight, today, today. We could probably just
1: keep going through the Super Bowl, to be honest. We'll just stay up, just keep talking about it. But no, it's really good to be back, be talking about stuff. Actually, like a lot of stuff has happened since we've been back on the last three weeks.
0: Yeah, it's going to be nice to get into a cadence again, a rhythm. Yep. You you were on the COVID list. I was. You had your, all of your organs removed, whatever. <laughs> they probably got uh, sold, you know. Yeah. yeah. Next Tuesday, well, this Tuesday, in what, four days mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl, the, the entire 2021 season is over. Dan makes his triumphant return, and it's going to be glorious. We have not the seen S Dan. Is-
1: DFS, you know, is finally over. So like he could actually make time for the Dynasty community now.
0: So nice of him. I know. So well, we're all blessed when he comes on the airwaves with us. Hashtag blessed. We don't really know. I, we have a few things we want to talk about today because like you said, Mitch, there has been a lot of uh, news and action and conversations mm-hmm. in our Discord. I always have to plug the Discord. Reach out to me. Let me know if you want to join. The Discord's free. Bonus content on a weekly basis is available on the Patreon five bucks a month. But there's a lot we want to talk about here. And we got to start off with possibly what, you know, the most exciting Pro Bowl in how long? And it was because of off the field stuff. Yeah.
1: I didn't watch one second of the game, to be honest with you. I didn't watch it. I didn't realize it was on until Dan was raging over his like DFS prospects on that day. So besides that i wouldn't have known there was a pro bowl until we saw the news that like hey alvin kamara played in the pro bowl after like punching someone at least and then like a whole bunch of group of people stomping on a guy so it's i don't know the discord had a whole bunch of different takes on it what's your take on it
0: now anytime we talk about stuff like this like we talk about deshaun watson Mm -hmm. we talk about uh, uh you know kareem hunt from a few years ago anything that has to do with off the field you and i we always just look at it from a fantasy perspective yes because as everybody knows and if this is the first time you're listening to dynasty theory it's a it's a shock i always say this it's a shock that mitch and i have no legal background we're not lawyers so we don't even look at it from that regard but there's a lot of people that put a lot of time into it, a lot of energy a lot of effort and because then we can kind of have a an idea but trying to to come up with a thought as to what the NFL is going to do on each of these individual situations, your guess is as good as mine, so I'm looking at it strictly from a dynasty perspective, as we typically do on dynasty theory. If we're talking about it in terms of rookie picks, I' want to look at it rookie picks cross positional and then down the running backs as well. I'm shipping him off for any first you know and and oh and and tyree kill another off the field situation and i bring up tyree kill because mitch you know very well i jumped the shark on that you didn't want to be involved uh with, with having tyree kill on my rosters just because of the question marks so i moved him at a very significant discount you were one of the beneficiaries but when we were talking about tyree kill and you can tell i haven't really talked to people in a while. I'm a runaway train today, baby. So just keep going. Just keep going. There's no stopping me. And if you get a phone call, people might not even know you're gone. That's because right. I might just walk away. Now. No one will even know. But we're talking about Tyree Kill from a few years ago. You were talking about a wide receiver, what, 25 years old? Yep. Peak, prime. You know, the, now we're talking about a running back that is going to be entering, what is age 27 season? Yep. Yeah. Age 27 season, highly productive. There's no question about that, but not only is he going to be 27, we don't know if there's going to be legal repercussions. A lot of people think it's a guarantee, but we're not going to make a a guess there. There are question marks around the quarterback situation. Again, there's question marks around the coaching, you know, uh, uh, Dennis Allen, the new head coach there. How is that going to look? So, there's so much going on and a team that is in cap hell. Is there an opportunity for them to, to cut bait here and save some money? I don't know. because You know, and that's another thing people were digging and trying to find different situations where a player did something off the field. They got released. Was there a cap hit? Was the guaranteed money still intact? So there's a lot going on, but you know, from pick just looking at picks, I'm shipping him off for 111, 112, any 23 first. In our Discord, 23 first was unanimous over Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. yeah. On Twitter, it was like 60-40. And I thought that was really intriguing because, you know, Twitter, if a 23 pick is involved, it usually wins in the landslide. So now you have the legal situation. Anyway, interrupt me here, Mitch. Talk some sense into me. Talk some sense into the listeners here. Or are you right on, on board with me here?
1: You know, I'd like to disagree, but... I think it would have been hard before this happened to even get the one Oh six for him. Like he was going into that and every, all the changes we're seeing with the saints right now, we don't know it first. They could have cut him whether this happened or not, or they could have brought him back. And like you said, we don't even know who the offensive coordinator is yet. And so we have no idea what's going on with this team. He's getting older and There's just a lot of guys in that range right now to where they don't have significant dynasty value. We've seen it in startups. You could just wait on getting running backs. And then you're seeing Christian McCaffrey go in the third round. Now the fourth round now, and you're just seeing these older backs just dive. And Kamara has always had less value for whatever reason. You know, he was never the where you get him in the first round of a startup draft. He was going in the second round, even when he was younger. So to me, I, if you could get the 112 for him, I would do it in a heartbeat. Now, the question is what if someone's sending you the 202? I personally would probably still take it just because. But the only thing I would say is if I have a championship team and I already have a lot of depth, I'd be willing to roll with Kamara a little bit more just to hopefully have that value on my roster. But if I'm in any sort of, I just have a playoff team
0: or anything below that dynasty, I'll move them for the 202. There's always that point of indifference, right? And with Alvin Kamara, I think that's kind of where it is in terms of draft picks, that 202, 203. And we start to put names on it. We've talked about the quarterback. So we're looking at Superflex, rookie drafts, uh, Matt Corral, uh, Pickett, How, Willis, a lot of hype after the senior bowl. Uh, Kyron Williams, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, in no particular order, Kenneth Walker for a lot of people, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams. I'm looking at my tiers here. And then we get into that range where it's going to start to be the beginning of the second. Chris Olave, David Bell, Pickens, Dotson, depending on draft capital. That's where the, the question marks start to build. So it's like, would you rather have one of those guys? And that list, that last list I just rattled off, Dotson, Olave most likely get first-round draft capital in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Would you rather that over Alvin Kamara, who we know performs? But there are these question marks. And let's say there are no legal issues, but the the Saints are dumpster fire this year. Let's say they end up cutting him after 22 for for cap reasons. Now he's entering his age 28 season with a brand new team. We saw, and this isn't off the field, but we saw the hit in value Derrick Henry took mid 2021 due to that injury. Right. And I think that's kind of the price that, that we're looking at here. And I know a lot of people, they're saying, well, I think people are overreacting to Alvin Kamara in this situation. But then I say, and this is what I said in the discord during a very, very, it got heated. It was a heated conversation with a lot of people. You look down and it says like 10 people are typing and I'm like, Oh man, I got to put the phone down for a minute, but it goes back to what was our baseline You said Alvin Kamara, you weren't getting one Oh six for him. Yeah. And that's most likely fair in a lot of spots. But if somebody thought he was worth two first before, of course you're looking at an early second and you're like, no, no, this is madness. But again, it goes back to that baseline and where we were starting out prior to Sunday. And can you believe this only happened on, on Sunday? I feel like we've been talking about this privately and, and mm-hmm. on Twitter and in the discord for months already. It's been it, a week.
1: It has. It's like, we got the coaching news and we have this and then everyone's just getting hyped for the super bowl. So there's like the three big topics we're talking about. And there's not a whole bunch of like, Hey, what do you think of Amon Ross? St. Brown now? Like that's gone in the dust.
0: And now it's just like news. those
1: three things going on.
0: It's exactly what we saw last off season with the Sean Watson. Mm-hmm. And I, I I mentioned with Tyree kill, but Watson off the field issues, he ended up sitting out for 2021 still in terms of the fantasy asset in his prime, yep, super young for a quarterback. And it's just so different looking at it from a running back perspective. And I know the easy comp is Ray rice. You know, I think he was 27 years old. But he was already on the decline a little bit. That 26, I was looking at this the other day, I think it was that age 26 to 27 season, his Mm -hmm. production was significantly, I don't even know if it it cut in half by, you know, at least in half. So
1: there's... (sighs) If people want to go back and look at the Ray Rice stuff, you have to remember, he was only suspended for like one or two games. And then the video came out. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's suspended indefinitely thing. And it involved a woman. So... I think it's like vastly different. I know people want to make the connection between it, but even at the time when the NFL knew that he punched a woman, there wasn't video evidence. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you get a game or two. To
0: clarify, I was just saying, because it was a running back. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, I've seen it brought up in other forums as well to where people like, well, Ray Rice was out of the league. And I'm just like, "Eh, there's different things
0: happening there. Yeah. And I think that was around the time too, that, we really saw the shift in the NFL uh, dealing and handling situations it's very like true. that. Yep. You know, in a lot of it, you know, the video evidence, but also social media before that, like there's certain players you hear stories about and you're like, I never knew this. Like, you know, there were, there was an allegation of this or that or, you know, whatever. But it, it does come down to that video. And apparently there is video surveillance video of Alvin Kamara in this situation. So I can't, you know, from a fantasy perspective and an analysis perspective, I can't wait to see that because it's going to be telling.
1: Yeah. If anyone wants to read a story about how the NFL used to be read boys will be boys. I can't, I think Pearlman wrote it and it's about the Dallas Cowboys. When Michael Irvin was there, Michael Irvin stabbed a teammate in the neck with a pair of scissors because he wouldn't get out of the barber chair when Michael Irvin wanted to sit down the chair, like that's hey, when, just what, what used to happen.
0: When you need a haircut, you need a haircut. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Jesus, remind me not to get a haircut in Dallas. Yeah.
1: It's a very good book, though. Like, if anyone wants to read, it's very good.
0: Do you move 202 or 203 in 12 team Superflex League for Alvin Kamara? If you, you know, let's say you acquired that pick. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting there with the 103, 203, 303. Uh, you had a pretty good season last year. Do you move it? Do you take that risk? No, I'm not getting
1: Kamara on any team, but I'm also not trading for I'm not trading for Derrick Henry at this point either. It's just those are the kind of backs that I'm out on right now. Other people can have them on their roster. If I already have them, you know, I'm kind of dealing with that already. But as far as picking up running backs of that age, I know what's going to happen in a year or two. And right that 202,
0: 203, that's a juicy price to pay possibly for two or three years of high end production. If you get that production, if you get it, I'm, I'm trying to think of different scenarios here. What, what percent chance? And this is a very you know kind of impromptu show. I like typically, it. typically, I have my show notes, and it's like, all right, Mitch, you're up. Let's hear it. So, without you knowing this is coming at you, what percent mm-hmm. chance do you want to assign? Again, this is just Mitch Sorensen.
1: Uh, or-
0: <laughs> Lawyer in quotes <laughs> from, from middle of nowhere, Utah. That's right. My high school lawyership. <laughs> what percent chance do you think Alvin Kamara does not play in twenty twenty two? This is just pulling it out of grass. I mean,
1: he's playing, so yeah, I I would be shocked if it's more than like a four or five game suspension. I don't think he'll end up serving jail time. It's just just my feelings on it. You know, we've seen these kind of things happen before and I just I don't think he misses more than four games. I could see a suspension coming down for six and it ends up going down to four after they do their thing. And then who knows what team he's on at that point too.
0: Yeah. So 0% chance. Now your concern clearly is the age and the team situation then, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just the running back landscape as a whole. If anyone has done a startup in the last two months, you cannot take a running back for seven rounds and your team still, you still very comfortable with your team afterwards. And I'm not a zero RB guy. It's just the dynasty landscape around running backs right now. You could wait and still get
0: some in the eighth round. You lumped Alvin Kamara in in you know, in that Derek Henry type category, even though he's a little mm-hmm. bit younger, more dynamic in the passing game, certainly. Not as good. But would you pay two or two for Derrick Henry? No. It's just the kind of back I don't no. want him right now. Are you... Qu- You're not going to pay 202 for Derrick Henry today? Not right now. If you have Derrick Henry, what would you need in return? <laughs> I think that price is a little bit too right? 202, yeah. yeah
1: it's bad. just, right now, I don't want to move those early draft picks. I know Derrick Henry is worth more than the 202. Like, I know it. And he's probably worth more than the 202 and the 206 combined. If you get both of those, right? He probably is.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But... At the same time, I know how hard it is to move Derrick Henry in any league. It's very hard to do so. And it might end up being you have to accept the 202 to move Derrick Henry off your roster. It's just not something that I want on my teams right now.
0: Mitch, you you take some time away. I take some time away. And you're speechless right now. I am. I I, I thought you wouldn't get me to shut up today. But you can tell that that we've taken some time apart. We've grown well, apart we over have, the last we few have, weeks. We have. And usually we see eye to eye on a lot of situations. But I, just, I can't get on board with this. If, if you're telling me Alvin Kamara does not miss a game. If he That's does not miss four, a game. but fine, keep going. Let me rephrase that. I had to think about my <laughs> initial question. Correct. Let's say he misses four games in 2022. I will gladly pay the 110 today for him.
1: Really? So will you, though?
0: So do you think it's gonna he's gonna miss more time? See, that's the thing. And I don't think it's a zero percent chance. And it's tough to say, especially uh, yeah. with, with how crazy the NFL is and how things differ situation to situation. I can't even make an educated guess. And you always know I go more towards the side of being a little more hesitant to take on these risky assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our guy Packy in the Discord and in the Patreon, he always makes fun of me because he says, JB, I know you want to minimize risk. Minimize I do. That's how we end up with a lot of Ryan Tannehill teams, to be honest. You, know what, you know what? It is true. It is true. Frickin' Ryan Tannehill. I don't I not don't, don't even talk about him today. Don't even talk about it. Fine, fine. Back to Alvin Kamara. Yes.
1: Uh, la, 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 la.
0: I wouldn't pay 110 today because I do think there is that concern. There is that possibility that mm-hmm. there were legal situations. So you would move the one the two oh two though? I would move the two oh two today for Alvin Kamara. I would, and honestly, what we've been seeing from different trade conversations, I don't know if it would take 202 two in a lot of situations. So maybe after this, I go out and I try to throw some trade offers out. We saw one; it was uh, Cordero Patterson, a third and a fourth. I I'll take the yeah. shot there. <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah, I do. I'll take thing. the shot. Uh, you know, our our boy Troy King. I gotta shoot him a text because. His startup came up in our discord and I'm going to text him immediately after I say, Troy, we got to talk, man. Just so you know, he said, there was a tweet. I took Alvin Kamara at five Oh two. I think it was, I think it was five Oh two. And he said, man, he's really slipping in startups. Five Oh two was pre Sunday, Troy. <laughs> what are we doing? Come on. That's funny. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at, and I think that was TJ in the chat that said that. He's was like, that was, that was pre-nightclub you know, beatdown or whatever it was. I'm looking at my tiers. If I'm going to start up today, mm-hmm. I couldn't take him earlier than late eighth. Yeah. That is that, like that's That's like my thing.
1: Is like, if I'm, I'm in a startup earlier. too, I'm just not going to draft him. Someone else is going to take him ahead of me. So I could be like, you know, I'm not going to take him to the eighth. There's going to be someone in the league that will end up liking that risk more than I will. So I just know going into a startup, He's not going to be on my roster
0: inclusive of the incoming rookies. I have 91 players. I would take over him yeah. and that's in two PPR tight end premium. So mm-hmm. I just want to clarify there. And we had somebody ask us a similar situation. How comfortable would you be taking him in? I think it was the middle of the ninth. And I said, Oh, I would take him in the middle of the ninth, but then we found out one Oh nine was still available. Aaron Jones was still available. Am, am I high on Aaron Jones with the, with the situation there in green Bay? no, but he doesn't have a possibility of going to <laughs> He should be playing week one. Yeah. You know, whether or not that's in a 50-50 split with Mr. A.J. Dillon or, uh, you know, he's on the, on the better side of that. But, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of the cop-out answer, I guess. Late eighth, but it depends on the guys that are still available and the assets. If 109 is available, if those rookie picks are dropping in your startup, that's the direction I'm going to go because the increased flexibility – even though this class is horrendous, according to everybody. If you watch on YouTube, you saw that little grimace by me. Uh, you know, that's still that's still an asset that we know. That 109 is not going to jail. You know that last... You remember the last startup we did? I think it was about a month ago. Do
1: you remember who our best running back is that we drafted on that team? <laughs> Don't say Tony Jones. Melvin <laughs> Gordon. We got him in like the 13th round or something like that.
0: It's I just... W- I will say, though, so that for context for everybody, that's a 16 team super flex league. We also went 101, 104, 109, 203. So it's not like we don't have liquid assets. Like we have
1: running backs on the roster, we just don't have their name yet because we'll use those draft picks. But that's
0: kind we of took, what we I've took been three do. running backs Melvin Gordon, Deontay, Foreman, Mandare, Agumba Yep.
1: We're set. We're going to win the league. No big deal. I have to keep remembering it's a 16-team league
0: because the rest of the team looks like garbage, too. <laughs> Anything else on Alvin Kamara? I think we talk about those pivot points. Uh, let, me, uh, no. let me run you through the running I'm back hoping draft. we don't have to talk to him again on Tuesday. No, Dan's not on today. We're not he talking, doesn't
1: get to talk about we're it. We're not
0: talking about Alvin Kamara. That's going to be a buzzword on Tuesday. All right, going through my running backs, tell me when to stop. Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins, Devontae Williams, Antonio Gibson, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Isaiah Spiller, Kyron Williams, but there's an asterisk there. I think he's going to slip in the NFL draft, even though I pray he doesn't. You know he gets that 4th round draft capital. Get out of my house. Elijah Mitchell, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, A.J. Dillon, Michael Carter. No, I'll take, you
1: have Michael Carter way too low. But A.J. Dillon, I would trade A.J. Dillon right now for Kamara. But you hate Michael Carter for whatever
0: reason. I don't hate Michael. See, wait, really quick. Let me go get on my soapbox here. And I know a lot of it is just to push my buttons and get my goat. But there is such a fine line between hating a player or even disliking a player. And then just like having them in a certain spot, I was still significantly higher on Michael Carter than a lot of people, even after the fourth round draft capital, hence why he was my most drafted running back in 2021 rookie drafts. So th- to, to put the words in my mouth that I hate Michael Carter,
1: <sighs> John, I believe on the draft show last year, you said Michael Carter is dead to you. There's a lot of people that are dead to me that I still love. Okay, okay, I, I still bad, love that. See over here in Utah, that's a little bit of a different turn, but I know you East coasters go a little dark sometimes.
0: No, in Pittsburgh. Like I see a feeling member I haven't seen him. I'm like, you're dead to me. Give me a hug. <laughs> like that's a term of endearment. No, okay, I, okay. I said a lot of things during the draft show. Certainly. I said a lot of things during the draft show two years ago. Yes. Yes, you did. That was something. <laughs> yeah. That was a, I weighted... hope it's off YouTube. Oh, I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> That was a Rated R episode there as the night progressed. All right, so I rattled off, what, 25 running backs, 24 Mm -hmm. running backs, something like that? Wide receivers, uh, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley.
1: I don't want Ridley, so I'd rather have Kamara. But Jerry Judy. Judy. Rashad Bateman. Bateman.
0: Devontae Smith.
1: Yeah, you could just keep going. I'm way further down that list. Keep scrolling. Wait, you would take all those guys
0: over Kamara, right? Yeah. All right, uh, Jamison Williams, who I have as my 111. I think Williams, right yeah. So that that ties out. Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, Dornell Mooney, Amon Ross St. Brown, Michael Thomas, Hopkins, Renfro.
1: I might take Michael Thomas just for the fun of it, because who
0: knows if he plays again, too. <laughs> right. Alave, David Bell, Pickens, Dotson, as I mentioned yeah, earlier. That's about where you are, huh? So so you would take Kamara then over Beckham, Robinson, Lockett?
1: Field, no, no. I think that's about where I would start to consider it, though. But I don't think it would okay. just be an instant, like, if I get that offer, I'm going to accept it.
0: Okay. Man, a lot of intriguing options here. So looking at the cross-positional, like we said, you're 40 wide receivers deep there. <sighs> it, 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 Tell me it, I'm it, crazy. It, Tell me I'm wrong. No, I don't. Overall, I wouldn't say you're wrong or crazy. If you thought there was a chance he missed the 2022 season. But mm. the fact that you don't think there's a chance he misses the 22 season. That's what kind of throws me for a loop here. And I'm but a little it, perplexed. It's how hard it's going to be to move him.
1: Like I can tell you for a fact. Henry but was he, impossible to move before his injury. Henry was impossible to move. I know. Camaro's going to be even worse. He's
0: but if you be move on a that, good team next year. If you move that 202 or 203 mm-hmm. right now. And he only misses four games. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, you can get a profit immediately after. You're that gonna suspension. get
1: a 2023 first for him.
0: I think in some situations you could. Okay. It, fr- from a potential contender, if they see it that way,
1: it's true. It could happen. Lots of things happen in leagues, but
0: yeah. I personally don't think I could get it done. But but even even looking at, let's say your boy Michael Carter. You could get Michael Carter plus, I think, depending on that first four-week stretch. In this hypothetical situation, just so we're clear, Alvin Kamara's missing four games. After that first four games, if Michael Carter's just okay, the Jets are just okay in those first four games, you could then flip Kamara for Michael Carter plus a small piece. Or worst-case scenario, if you want to get crazy, Kamara for Carter straight up. Or you could just have Carter. You're getting him for 202 today? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. You're right. Because the crazy is like, you have them on the roster. That's right. And they're never like, let them go. We, we want a first. We want a pony. And, you know, we want you to no longer say you're dead to me when you mean it as a compliment. You act I, like that's asking for too much. OK, well, I, I I want feedback from people. So if you're watching this back on YouTube, drop it in the comments. Let, I think a lot of people are going to you know, side with me more. But then again, oh, I'm sure they will. But then again, I think people side with me more often than you, Mitch, but you're the one that ends up right. So it kind of sometimes like, kind of kills. sometimes me not often, but all right. So know. Alvin Kamara, I, I think we covered that pretty well. <laughs> I think we spent uh, 30 minutes on him. I think that's We good. did. We did. Now, I, I asked you, let's not talk about all the coaching changes, mm-hmm. but maybe one that really intrigues you. So let's run through it. Chicago, Matt Eberflus. Is it Flus? Eberflus? Sure. Probably the most boring of the hires, a defensive coach, uh, bringing in Luke Getze there from from Green Bay as the offensive coordinator. So it's going to be interesting to see how he works with Justin Fields. Nathaniel Hackett out in Denver coming from Green Bay. Lovey Smith, Houston. Doug Peterson is back with Jacksonville. Josh McDaniels out to Las Vegas. He actually decided to keep the job for now. Mike McDaniel, Miami. McDaniel, Mitch. Just just one. There's no S there because I know you're going to say McDaniel's. I know Dan is going to say McDaniel's. We're going to get a Terrence Marshall in there somewhere somehow. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, not officially named Minnesota head coach, but he's going to be their head coach after the Super Bowl. Dennis Allen, New Orleans. Uh, Brian Dable, New York Giants. Or should I say Tim in the Discord? Hopefully he doesn't hear that. He'll get mad at me. That's it. That, that wraps up the and rounds out the head coaches. Who's the most intriguing to you and why? So I think everyone would be like, oh,
1: Brian Dable, Doug Peterson. You know, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go Nathaniel Hackett. The reason why is because when he was in Jacksonville, they had a really good running game in like back in 2017, right? He didn't make it through the 2018 season. He was fired after like week 12. Then he goes to the Packers. He gets to be the offensive coordinator for... Aaron Rodgers, then all of a sudden he's a head coaching candidate in two years. So the Broncos have so much talent between Javante, Judy, Sutton, Fant, but they don't have a quarterback. And so in my head, is it, did Hackett do so much with the Packers because maybe he just figured it out with LaFleur? Or was he carried by Aaron Rodgers? And at the same time, is that, does he know that? And so he's going to be like, you know, we have to trade for a quarterback if that team trades for a quarterback then I want all of those pieces I just mentioned if they end up rolling in there with whoever it's Patrick if it's Teddy whoever it ends up being maybe it's Jimmy G then all of a sudden I don't want those prospects again because I don't think he is enough of a name push like Brian Dable right you could talk yourself into liking a lot of the Giants now with Hackett being there I can't do that yet with the Broncos until I find
0: out their quarterback. Look back at what happened just in Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. the The most intriguing part of this for me, and you know, and I, your your answer is by default. And it's been a heated conversation throughout the early stages of this offseason. But Javante Williams, yeah, people see him as a top five dynasty back. You think it's by default, like I mentioned. What bit. is going to be interesting to me? Does Nathaniel Hackett bring over those concepts similar to what we saw in twenty twenty one? where it was a one-two punch. And if that's the case, and I actually think he does, there's no way one of two things happens. They're going to re-sign Melvin Gordon, who looked like he had enough juice left in the tank last mm-hmm. year, or they bring somebody else in. We're not going to see Javante Williams, and I love Javante, but we're not going to see Javante Williams, the same Javante Williams that wasn't necessarily a bell cow in North Carolina with your boy Mel- Michael Carter, but we're we're not going to see him get 70% of the running back opportunities and I moved him in one league. I think it was for 105 and 107, and I felt very good about that. Mm-hmm. I honestly did, and I think the manager I made the trade with couldn't believe the offer because I think they hit accept before I even hit send. That's funny, but that's, that's the, funny. the you know I've talked about the the top eight to ten, depending on Tyron Williams, and then the quarterbacks. You know, assuming four of them get first round draft capital, there's top ten. Then I, I like, but. That is the most intriguing situation. It's not just the pass-catching options. It is what does that running back room look like, and how are they utilized? Do we see it more, uh, you know, one guy getting a bulk of the carries inside the 10, inside the five? And if that's the case, that could skew things away from, from Javante Williams as well. And then another thing, the offensive coordinator coming over also from Green Bay. Green Bay has no coaches left, besides LeFleur. And he might just coach by himself. Aaron Rodgers can be the OC if he's there, whatever. But Justin Outen, Outen, Ooten, I think it's Outen. But he was the tight end coach in Green Bay. And I know, I know, I know Green Bay's tight ends were nothing sexy. But then again, look at their options. I'm very interested to see how he ties in as the OC and we see Noah Fant potentially blossom here. You know he had a really, he had a, he had a strong season. I don't want to say really good. He had a strong season in 2021, but I think everybody's looking for him to take that next step. And with Justin Allen there coming over from Green Bay, former tight ends coach, like I said, there is the possibility of that. So it's why I
1: love this hire because you just brought up how Green Bay used the running backs, right? If I want to play devil's advocate here, I could be like, hey, you know what Hackett did in Jacksonville. He gave Leonard Fournette 350 touches a year. So he's going to do that to Javante. You know, there's the two sides to it. What do you get credit for? Is he going to get credit for what happened in Jacksonville? Or is it what's happening in Green Bay? Or is it going to be a mixture of both?
0: That's the interesting part. And I'm looking at, you know, I have the template ready for our 2022 fantasy projections. We're sitting here February 11th, and I'm ready to rock and roll for 22. And looking at all the head coaches and their histories and the offensive coordinators and what they've done, the way I look at it, and maybe people see this differently, but the way I look at it, I think we have to wait what he's done more recently, give it a little bit more weight than what he did five years ago in Jacksonville. When you had that, what what was Lenny? Fourth overall pick? Yeah. He's going to get the ball. There was, you know they were lacking offensive weapons. So of course he's going to get the ball and get okay. 700
1: carries. I like it. I like the spin he put on that. What, what spin did I put the spin that, Hey, we're just going to count what's happened the last couple years, even though if we're going to talk about LaFleur, if we're just talking about LaFleur, we're going to be like, well, look what LaFleur does. He runs that two running back system. He splits the ball evenly. So is it LaFleur that's doing that? Or is it Hackett that's doing it? You know what See, I that- mean? That is that's what's the interesting. fun part about it is I really started catching on to this last year, even though it was a horrible hire, who was the lions offensive coordinator, um, Anthony Lynn. So everyone was saying Anthony Lynn is terrible. He ended up being terrible, but that th- at the same time, Herbert was also an amazing rookie. So it's like, so we don't give Lynn any credit for what happened with Herbert, but he goes to the Lions. We're like, Oh, that's an awful hire. And it was an awful hire. But it's just funny how we could just be take the little pieces of what a coach does. And if it fits what we want to say, then we could use it. And if it doesn't, we just like won't just pay attention to that part. We could just, you know, put it on someone else. Did you just accuse me of pushing narrative? I would never, ever, ever do that. Maybe. Yeah, I did.
0: All right. Then what what do you want me to say? Javante Williams is going to get 400 touches. No, because I completely agree with you. I was just saying I,
1: that's why I think the hire is so good to talk about because Brian Dable, everyone's going to talk about him. Everyone's going to talk about McDaniels. But I think Hackett's the one that no one is really going to talk about.
0: What did I do wrong? Nothing. Man. Nothing. Not, I, I didn't think. You said McDaniels. What's wrong with You're, McDaniels? Well, which one are you saying? Josh.
1: Yeah, I don't care what's going on in Miami. Come on now. They have two at
0: quarterback. It is interesting whenever you talk about, like, like was it LaFleur? Was it the OC? And that's kind of what we look at. If Eric Bieniemy went somewhere, could we expect it to be what we saw in Kansas City? Uh, if one of Sean McVay's assistants goes somewhere, it, how much of that are they really bringing with them? Yep. So looking at it in Green Bay, if you look at the season, he was the OC in Tennessee. It was the year that Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry were splitting at 50-50. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot he was there. That's true. So Matt LaFleur went from the Rams OC, mm-hmm. who, again, how involved was he, to the Titans OC for a year, yep. to the head coach of Green Bay. So that 50-50 work really shouldn't surprise us too much from what we saw in 21 and then what we saw with Derrick Henry and, and Dion Lewis. But, yeah, it's so interesting, and that's the the balance we have to find. Uh, here, I, I love this question. From Chris mm-hmm. in the chat I want to go back to your comment we can talk about liking the Giants right and Brian Dable does that mean you're higher on Kenny Galladay over Quill Sutton assuming cost and draft is similar right now which I don't know if it is I don't think it is
1: right now so this is the kind of dichotomy you got to do right Sutton is worth less right now Sutton will be worth more if the Broncos upgrade that quarterback position and it's someone like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or someone like that. So that's what you have to decide is Galladay right now has more value and he will probably continue having more value if the Broncos don't upgrade that quarterback position. But the second they do, I think every single one of those Broncos pieces jumps at value. And I think Sutton will be over Galladay at that point.
0: And then just like we with Alvin Kamara, what percent chance do you want to randomly throw out? That the Broncos do indeed significantly upgrade their quarterback situation. 50, 50. Was, I was just going to say 50, but that's like not,
1: it's like it's a 50 50 chance. So it doesn't help anybody out, but give us 40
0: or 60. Which one? 60. Yeah. Because like, I think the, brass, they're so close.
1: Yeah. The brass for the Broncos has to know they are just a quarterback away from being one of the dominant teams in the AFC.
0: Always ready to suit up and get back behind center. He
1: should. He'd be better than what they had last year.
0: Paul says, "Hey, guys, shy hold Judy in hopes of QB action." It goes, yep. ex- uh, Chris, Paul, perfect segue, mm-hmm. making it easier for us. So just like we talked about with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, very similar. I want to bring up, and you, I, I know, you know, he, he's one of the the hot young coaches coming from San Francisco, Mike McDaniel. All right. I want to talk about him real quick because there's a few different things that are interesting to me. One, everybody thinks that Jalen Waddle is now Debo Samuel. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go back and just look at, at any rushing usage in college. I, mm-hmm. Throughout his college career, Jalen Waddle had, I think, four carries. Yeah. And Debo wasn't like getting 100 carries a year, but he had like 25 throughout his his collegiate career. They're built vastly different. It's
1: like not the same.
0: Then another interesting aspect that I think could build and warrant the hype is that it sounds like, I don't know if it's finalized yet, but Wes Welker coming over as the wide receivers coach. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You you have a guy, Wes Welker, who, you know, worked and worked and worked. The most physically gifted wide receiver of all time? No. But that's the probably the type of person that can really help your wide receiver mm-hmm. core. And I know Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse a little bit in San Fran. But look at those wide receivers out there. You know, d Debo, what? Well, We'll get used d- to the names. I was thinking Debo and Samuel. I, I went Debo. Debo's double, but they don't fall down. All right, anyway.
1: But if I say McDaniel's, it's the end of the world. I it is because know. that,
0: that irks me because I completely, it's like when I said, uh, Corduroy Pat, Patterson, like I, I completely butcher names, but adding that extra letter, it does get me, it gets me a little bit. Uh, I, I see Salzar typing away. He, I think he's a Miami guy, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's a dolphins yeah. guy. Yeah. So that's interesting to see. Uh, he's talking about Camara. I just got Camara for Renfro in a second. Where we'll is that the second? <laughs> Where is that second? Where is that second? Because that's going to be... Anywho, keep going. Keep going. A- anyway, uh, Josh Mc... No, no, Josh McDaniels. Mike McDaniel. So Wes Welker coming over as the wide receiver coach. I think that could be what builds the hype for these receivers and Jalen Wall specifically. And then I talked about it in the Discord, but the tight end situation. Mike Gesicki, a free agent. Does he fit the mold... Of what Mike McDaniel is going to want out of a tight end. And this goes back to exactly what you brought up with Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur. How much of it was OC? How much of it was head coach? Mm -hmm. How much of the tight end San Fran uses heavy involvement in the blocking game? Not... You know, Kittle he he lines up in the slot, but Gasicki is pretty much exclusively a slot receiver. Uh, yeah. He's, he, he, he's I don't he's even know how he's a tight, is a tight end. end, to
1: be honest.
0: Uh, is Derm Smythe still down there? Because he's he's it a good blocking be. tight end. Yeah. But there's a few names I mentioned, and I just want to get this on the air. I typed it out, I said it in the Discord, but I want to get this on the air. So if it's right, I can at least you know pat myself on the back once this year. Yeah, just once. Just once. There are a few tight ends that are interesting. If Mike McDaniel comes into Miami and they're looking for a lesser version of George Kittle, somebody they can catch, somebody they can block, somebody that's been used in the blocking game. And this is le- when I say lesser, I mean, lester. oh, I have an idea. I have a name in my head now, too. Go ahead. So I'm talking about David and Joku. Uh, when I said lesser, okay. I mean okay. Mo Ali Cox is interesting. And then and so the, the way I did this, I went through looked at the way they were utilized for the respect teams in the passing Mm -hmm. game, in the rushing game, the way they were used as blockers. One last interesting name. If he's not back in Dallas, Dalton Schultz, I could see Dalton Schultz going to Miami. See in my head, I'm like, do you know what kind
1: of tight end? I think he's going to get Darren (laughs) Fells. right? You're just (laughs) like the one block. Nobody cares about him. No one's going to draft him, but you know, he'll get
0: 60% of the snaps. But then let's say Gasicki leaves, and they do bring in a Darren Fells, and they have a Durham Smythe. These, these tight ends are just like, eh, whatever. That's another little hype train for these receivers. For maybe Kyron Williams, if they look to go that route in the draft, a pass-catching option out of the backfield. Oh, no. Miami and running backs. Every year, we're going to—it's like clockwork. Tampa Bay's drafting a running back. Atlanta's drafting a running back. Miami's drafting a running back. Mm-hmm. One of these years, Miami's going to draft a it's running gonna back. It's going to happen, I swear. Do, do you have any other thoughts there on Miami? I know you're like, oh, everyone's going to talk about Mike McDaniel. And then I'm like, I'm going to talk about Mike McDaniel. Uh, I meant Josh, but that's cool.
1: When I was bringing it up, I don't think anyone's going to talk about Miami, to be honest with you. I think some people might. But people might, People might. but I don't think that's one of the hype tires. But no, I think looking into it, like what you're doing is very smart. Because... You have a guy like Jalen Waddell right now who's reaching up into that top what top eight wide receivers I, in I was Dynasty. Just say right seven, now? eight, yep. Yeah. And we see guys like that fall very quickly after they have a bad four game stretch. And so looking into what you think is gonna happen
0: to that offense is very important as far as players like that. Now, does it come to fruition? Probably not. No. <laughs> and they, they re-signed Mike Kosicki. Yeah. And then I just wasted the last couple minutes of my life and our listeners' lives, and then never going to get that time back because I'm some jag off talking about David and Joku going to Miami. You know, uh, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville.
1: I wanted to bring him up, and I think it's a great hire, especially for Trevor Lawrence. But that team has been so bad for so long, and I think it goes from ownership down. It's something that Dan really talks about a lot, and I just can't put faith in that whole organization. So while I'm willing to gamble a little bit on Trevor Lawrence being good. I don't feel good about it because I just don't think the franchise is going to be good for a very long time. It does, I don't care who they hire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to make a mental note of 45 minutes, edit, edit out, put in fingers, places, <laughs> and then 46 minutes. Boom. Okay. Those are easy edits, though. That's, Those are it, easy it, edits. Got to keep it clean for the podcast feed, right? Evan O'Connell, Minnesota. Uh, Dennis Allen, New Orleans, Brian Dable. I, I think Dable could be a big conversation on Tuesday and I want to get Dan's thoughts on that. And yeah, we'll save that. Uh, let's get through a couple of these questions, okay. Corey. What about what about the Bears and only having five offensive linemen under contract?
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know it either, but I mean it's just that time of year. I think there's a lot of teams where at one point or the other we'll only have six or seven until
0: the draft happens. But they will have twenty tight ends. Mm-hmm which I don't even think would be the most they've rostered at one time over the last decade. So I'll probably draft a couple more too. Paul. I've been holding. I don't know what that accent was. I have no idea what <laughs> you're doing <laughs> there, man. I'm, I'm losing. You my need to mind. go outside. I do. I've, I went into the office yesterday and it was very nice to, to get yeah, out with so to people, but Paul, I've been holding Ridley. What do you think? This goes back to the, the, the point of what we're getting in return. I was offered Ridley for my one eleven in a league. Mm-hmm. I rejected it. I mean, I countered yeah. uh, to to add a little more coming back my way. But it's, I, I think he comes back somewhere. I don't think it's Atlanta for one reason or another. You know, Arthur Blank came out talking like we would love to have him back. But of course, that's the choice that Calvin has to make, mm-hmm. and whether it's you know for his mental well being and just a change of scenery, I think he comes back, but elsewhere. Where is it? I don't know. He's also what twenty-seven years old, gonna be twenty-eight. Yeah. To me, he's not worth holding. If
1: you're if you can get the one eleven like what you were offered, you know, you had the one eleven though. But it's I would move Ridley for the two oh five and I wouldn't even blink. Like I'm completely okay with that. And it's really because with that, if you ask me what percentage odds I think he plays next year, I'm at like three. Like, I just don't have a lot of faith he's going to play in next year. It's circumstances that I don't even want to get into or talk about. But the great thing with the wide receivers in the NFL, there's a lot of them, and you don't have to take a stance on every single one. You could just say, you know, other people in the league can take a chance with Ridley because it's not like a Tyreek Hill situation from years ago like you brought up to where you could get him for a third rounder, right? And then all of a sudden, he could still be the best wide receiver in the league. Those right. days are probably past Ridley at this point, especially being 28 to where like if it was circumstances and it was someone like Jalen Waddle that it was happening to, that's one I'm more willing to be adamant about, but a 28 year old wide receiver going to a new team. We know how that happens. Usually in the first place, look at Gallaudet last year. I, I just have no interest in it.
0: 205 still seems low to me. Still yeah. seems low. Yeah. Now, if I could get 201, 202. Now, again, we're talking about those receivers. Maybe in some drafts, a pick and slips. Maybe it's a Lave. That's a fine pivot. Again, minimizing that risk. So, Paul, from Mitch and myself, I, I think I would look to move. Again, I wasn't buying for 111. I would sell for 111 because I think, if anything, Jamison Williams is sitting there mm-hmm. at 111 in a rookie draft. Um, I, I would. Do you think you would get Hunter Renfro for Calvin Ridley today? Probably.
1: I think that could happen.
0: Okay. Chris says Diggs the Buffalo worked.
1: Exactly. But Diggs was an extremely good wide receiver who went there when he was like 26, right? And he was really young, and he also has Josh Allen. If you tell me Ridley is going to go to S- San Diego and have Justin Herbert throw to him, I'll feel a lot better. Why don't but you get in your time machine and come to back?
0: Washington? Why don't you get in your time machine and come back to 2022 where they're in Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. that happens. Yeah, that was good. That was, that, good happens. Yeah. that was a good one. Uh, Chris also said, for ETN fans, does Peterson create full-on committee once J-Rob is healthy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> When's that going to be, though? I mean, I know now we're looking at the Achilles and we're looking at what Cam Akers has done. We're looking at what Deontay Foreman's been able to do. Not, like, overly impressive for Foreman, but four months, five months for, for Cam Akers, that return to play, that's pretty impressive. But... You know, James Robinson, we talk about the draft capital. We talk about the new coaching staff. But then for draft capital, you could say, well, Peterson wasn't the one that wanted ETN in the first. So yeah, is his draft capital matter. is relevant. Yeah. So if we're, if we're going to talk about draft capital for Robinson, we've got to talk about for ETN and kind of balance that out. But I, I think ETN can be involved enough in the passing game, and that's what we talked about last year. And I, I, I still, ETN is somebody that still intrigues me. Yeah, I agree. Personally. All right. I, I I don't see any other questions there. Went through a few coaches. We can go back to Alvin Kamara. We're good. I go we're good. think we're good. All right. And you told me not to do it, but...
1: Final thoughts. Do you have one of these? No. Oh. I,
0: I'm making you do it. Oh, that's just swell. We What's... got nothing. We we have no. no thought. We Our brains are completely okay. empty right Here now. Here just...
1: is a final thought, and I hope everyone listens to this before... The Super Bowl Super Bowl snack here's my final thought right you don't need a smoker you could do you could bake them if you need to get pork belly look up a recipe on how to cook pork belly it is the most amazing thing ever and it's the best snack you could have at a Super Bowl party just look it up
0: I'm gonna pass on that you know you know I'm a picky I'm
1: a picky eater what's wrong with pork it's bacon it's just a thick kind of bacon you don't like bacon I love bacon. See? Then what are you complaining
0: about? The pork belly. Like, I don't want pork belly. I just, I don't know. I, I have I have the palate and appetite of my same appetite as my two-year-old
1: son. The, those dinosaur chi- those dinosaur chicken nuggets. Those are your jam.
0: I already know it. <laughs> no, no, but uh, chicken tenders. You hit me with a mean chicken tender. <laughs> That's true. I'm ready to go. We want to thank everybody for tuning in this little, what did I call it? The afternoon delight. Boo. It was afternoon. something. something. Delight! It was it was an honor and a privilege, Mitch, to be back with you today. Heading into the weekend, I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. enjoys the Super Bowl. Hopefully, everybody is safe. We are going to be putting out an episode on Tuesday, like I said. So, quick turnaround, get this episode in before tuesday show when Dan comes back for Mitch Sorensen. I'm John Bauer for Dan Lemone as well, who returns on Tuesday. We'll see everybody later. Peace.